sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. Now it's time for the financial outlook for personal investors. And this week, Leith Calaf, who is Head of Investment Analysis at AJ Bell, uh, is joining me to look at the world of investment from a UK perspective. And I think, Leith, we're going to start by looking at the latest news from the Bank of England. I mean, like the Federal Reserve, the bank has been very concerned recently to point out that any possible increase in inflation is going to be very temporary. But what is their latest view? Yeah, still the same, actually, Simon. So um, transitory is the, is the word of the day for central banks. And uh, that's that's their word and they're sticking to it. So the the, the Bank of England is, is, as you know, kind of as everyone expected, didn't do anything on interest rates. They didn't do anything on QE, uh, but they did give us a kind of monetary policy report. Uh, and one of the kind of very interesting things, I think, in that is their expectations for inflation. Um, remember that Bank of England has a target of 2% inflation. It's currently at 2.5%. Now, they think that inflation is actually going to rise to 4% later on this year. Um, but they're still not doing anything to, to contain that because they think it's transitory. What I also think is interesting is if you look at their inflation um, forecast going forward, actually, this time next year, they still expect inflation to be around 3.3%. So still considerably above target and only really fall, falling back to 2% in the year after. Mm. So even by the Bank of England's own, own um, um, calculations or forecasts, we're in for an inflationary period. It's just that they think it's going to fall away gradually. Yes. Well, you explained just a couple of weeks ago when you were talking to me why they might have been right about at least some of this. But the, the Bank of England has a very specific mandate, doesn't it? It's a little different to the Federal Reserve, which has to consider the economy as a whole. But the mandate for the Bank of England is actually just very specific. They're supposed to keep inflation at 2%. It doesn't say how to do it but it does say that if it if it's when they have to report it quarterly if it's more than one percent well one percentage point away from two two percent then they have to write a letter to the chancellor explaining just why so how is the bank of England able to look beyond this why are they not now trying to get it down to two percent well i think i think probably a, a lot of it is to do with kind of um the the, the discussion we had a couple of weeks ago which was you know around the fact they think it's transitory because we have got these distortive effects of the pandemic which um on, on things like earnings and the oil price which they think is going to fall out of the equation but i'd probably also um highlight there's kind there's kind of an, an, an asymmetry in in the firepower that the bank of england has because if you think about it on the one hand we've got inflation so what do you need to do to, to if, if you want to stave off inflation, you need to raise interest rates? Well, actually, the Bank of England can do that because interest rates are really low. So they've got the firepower to deal with inflation. What happens if they raise interest rates too early, though? Well, then the economy takes a dive. Now, Bank of England doesn't have much elbow room to actually do anything to improve the economy because interest rates are already yes. so low. Yes. They could cut them a little bit more, do a bit more of QE, but we're kind of getting to the point where it's the law of diminishing returns. So yes. actually, they're probably going to err on the side of creating inflation rather than letting the economy fall into a slump again. Yes, yeah, so many people in the market, perhaps not some of the people at the Bank of England, are, are, are almost too young to know what inflation inflation is like uh, somebody I long forget who your colleague Russ Moe would know exactly who of course but somebody once said that trying to trying to introduce a little bit of inflation is like trying to get a little bit of tomato ketchup out of a bottle you know you yeah. can suddenly hit it and suddenly you get rather more than you cope, cope with yeah. but the bank is really 
painted itself, along with other central banks, into a, into a corner, haven't they? They've got the problem now that markets react very badly if they think inflation rates would rise or if they think that quantitative easing is going to end. So the Federal Reserve has the same problem. I mean, eventually it has to come to an end. What on earth is the view of the markets going to be? Yeah, absolutely. And this has been the case really since quantitative easing was was introduced. Um, and, you know, we've had these these kind of tantrums within the market when it's, you know, when it's suggested, you know, it was 2013, there was a big what was called taper tantrum, not because the Fed was was withdrawing QE, but just that it wanted to slow the rate at which it was doing QE. So uh, we've just been kind of in this period of, for the last decade when markets have just been looking at central bank liquidity and just looking at what central banks are doing. And that's really been a big driver of returns. And it is a big problem, as you say, because at some point this has to be withdrawn from the economy you think interest rates are going to rise and you know that hasn't happened for such a long time you know there is a risk that's going to be taken pretty yes. badly by markets because i can remember many commentators talking about just how uh, much of a distortion the initial bout of qe was back at the time of the financial crisis 2007 2008 but compared to the amount of QE, what are we up to now about 850 895 over here. 895 yeah, they, well, they, they're billion. Gradually building up to 895. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the original tranche was what? Well, I can't remember. Was it 50 three, going three, up to 150 three, or something? 375. That's, that's right. Yeah. The original couple were 375. Was the original right. response to the to the to the the financial crisis. That, was, that wasn't the yeah. The first tranche was really quite, right, quite actually, small yeah. in comparison. You're correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well it right. will be interesting to see what happens. And obviously, the bank has to hope that they're right because. You say, yes, they don't want to raise interest rates and risk killing the economy. But at the same time, of course, if they start, if inflation starts returning, I can still remember, you know, the Bank of England can often be behind the curve in whereby the market is expecting rates to rise. And if rates do not rise by as much or even more than they're expecting, they just think it's doing nothing. Um, yeah. And trying to yeah. play catch up is even worse. It is, yeah. And the mar if the market gets a wind of that, then they'll actually raise interest rates for the market. Interest yes. rates will raise if they think that they're going to raise it quickly. Yeah. And the other, pro the other problem with inflation is it kind of becomes endemic because if prices start rising pretty fast, you know, if prices do start rising at, say, like 6 7% mm. a year, and we get a couple of years of that, consumers are going to start worrying and start buying stuff now because it's going to cost more next year. And yes. that just adds to the problem. So you can see how an inflationary spiral can take off in those circumstances. Yes, it's, 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 the, it's, it's the contrary argument, of course, to the economists worry about deflation, when one of their arguments always is, well, the prices are going down, people won't buy anything now. But it's something I know I discussed with your colleague, Russ Mould, and we point out, you know, technological stuff goes down in price most of the time. We expect it to go down, but yes. people buying it. But it's no. intriguing. We're going back yeah. to basic economics here, but with QE, which, of course, isn't what wasn't in any of the textbooks when I studied economics. Um, let's just briefly take a pause for breath. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rays. I'm in conversation for uh, the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors with Leif Khalif, who is Head of Investment Analysis at AJ Bell. Uh, just before we change topics then, uh, I mean, again, always I've got to ask, so what do private investors do? Now, the last time we spoke about this, it, it's really up to private investors to decide whether they are worried about inflation and whether they're not. Um, in other words, whether they think Bank of England is right or whether they're a little bit more concerned. 
Yeah, uh, unfortunately, that is the case. I think, it, you know, the crystal ball is pretty murky at the moment in terms of whether we are going to get inflation. I think probably as a private investor, what you want to do is hedge your bets and make sure that you have a portfolio that is prepared for inflation, but also prepared for the fact that inflation may not come through. And and the thing that I, I often think is that um, because we've lived through, you know, a period of very low inflation, a lot of the assets that you know have swelled in that time are probably are they are assets that have done well in a low inflation environment so bonds um long-term growth stocks and those probably do make up an outsized part of people's portfolios now so i suspect there's quite a few people out there whose whose portfolios are not prepared for inflation they're very prepared for no inflation but that's probably where the balance is at the moment and it's just having it's just perhaps doing a bit of reweighting. Yes. Um, uh, yes. And private investors should never try and actually judge the top of the market. If you if you lose a little bit or, or lose a little bit of the gain, that's a small price to pay for actually being well prepared when the market turns and changes. Yes. Um, let's let's um, look, though, at, not at private investors, but at institutional investors. Now, as you say, um, uh, bonds have done incredibly well. Um, well, since the financial crisis, if not before that. Um, one of the big problems the whole way along, of course, is that interest rates have been incredibly low. So for institutions, particularly pension funds, which have to think in the long term, they've had great difficulties over the last 15, 20 years in knowing how to secure the benefits for their pensioners for the future. And one of the things that's often been suggested is, well, you should be investing in UK infrastructure, which is a perforce a, you know, a long-term investment. And recently, the Prime Minister and the Chancellor, uh, Rishi Sunak, have actually been calling on um, uh, investors to invest long term. But they haven't much in the past. We've had um, foreign investors, often pension funds investing in this country. Why do our own institutions not like it? And we've had some instances with PFI of yeah. Uh, institutions and companies investing in infrastructure, they haven't always turned out very well. But isn't it the ideal thing for long-term institutions to invest in infrastructure? Well, well I think potentially it, it is. or Well, not, not entirely in infrastructure, but to have a, have a, have a small part. Oh, yes, you know, yes. I mean, that's part of the portfolio, portfolio yeah. in it. But um, I mean, I think part of the, uh, the problem is investability. Um, so infrastructure projects are, you know, very big and very costly. Um, so... You know, only the very biggest pension funds really would have the opportunity to invest directly into a project. Um, so, um, you know, there's a question of how they get access to, to infrastructure, yes. which would have to be through, through you know, potentially co-investing or at the moment through through investment trusts, investment trusts, yes. which are available on the UK market, offer, offer access to, to infrastructure. Yes. But... I suspect most pension funds wouldn't want to touch investment trusts because they are more volatile and they're more equity-like in their in their risk characteristics. And that's uh, yes, and, you know, I suppose it's 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 one professional investor giving money to another another professional investor, which maybe doesn't yeah. look good when you're at a trustees meeting or a, a board of directors. Well, I, I, th- I think probably most of them do that anyway. To be honest right. with you, there are probably yeah you know, there are some self-managed pension funds out, out there, but a lot of them will be taking advice from from consultants at the very least, and will probably inve- be investing through through funds, but generally through open-ended funds, which 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 give you yes. kind of exposure yes. to which don't have the discount and premium, so they're less volatile yeah. and they give you access at the net asset value. And actually, that's one of the things that the government is looking at bringing in is what's called a long-term asset fund. Well, that, so, that's what I was going to ask. I mean, my view yeah. is slightly colored by starting my professional career in 
a, <laughs> a, um, a pension fund um, management um, company um, and you forget not everybody does it like that but surely it can't be beyond the wit of man to actually come up with a structure that makes it simpler but my worry is have they missed the boat? Because we're talking about interest rates possibly rising. We're talking about inflation rising. Surely the period in which that would have been a great idea was when interest rates were on the floor. Yeah, I mean, I mean agreed. I think there has been quite, if you look at kind of, you know, um, um, invest, uh, investment trusts investing in, in infrastructure, there's been, um, you know, a, a huge increase in the premiums in that sector because everyone has flocked to it in a low interest rate environment. Yes. Now, looking forward, if you get a rising interest rate environment, that does create a problem for, for infrastructure because of the income that it produces. But actually, quite a lot of projects will have inflation-linked um, right. revenues as well. So things like um, 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 utilities is kind of a classic example. Yes. So, you know, they will, and renewable energy, which is quite big at the moment, will tend to have kind of uh, inflation protection so there is some inflation protection there as well but 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 yeah i mean admittedly kind of the the, the sector has been you know already very popular and you know an open-ended fund would probably have been a very popular in a low interest rate environment that we've had over the, over the last 10 years um i mean you have got there is a basic problem an open-ended fund the problem is most open-ended funds offer daily liquidity to investors yes. Now you can't really do that with an infrastructure project because yes, guess yes. what? Is you can't buy in, bid and out of it. It's not like Vodafone shares where you can just sell in and out. You can't buy into and out of it, an infrastructure problem. Uh, no, and, and as as some private investors know to their costs as well, such funds can suddenly decide they might be open ended, but they're actually closed because there's exactly, a wave of selling. That's yeah. right, and that's exactly what we've seen in the property sector. Yeah. And the same yes. problem applies here. So when these long term asset funds come in, we're expecting them to have long notice periods. Yeah. 90 180 days maybe more that's six months which should be fine for institutional investors as part of their portfolio a bit scarier perhaps for private investors right? correct correct yeah much more scary for private investors i think institutional investors might yes you're right will, will probably be 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 more okay with it but even mm. they will probably have to want they'll probably want to be a scheme which has a very very clear view of its cash flows yes. in order to be tying money up for for six months without being able to get it back yeah, it's fascinating stuff. Like, well, we'll see what develops there. But silly, the, sto the story going on is going to be whether the Bank of England is actually right about inflation or not. Um, I have been talking to Leith Califf, Head of Investment Analyst at AJ Bell, looking at the world of investment from a UK perspective in the financial outlook for personal investors. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.